Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. How is everybody? Come on, y'all can do better than that. You've had more coffee than the 8.30 service. You can outdo them. Good morning. There we go. All right, you're listening now. So thank you so much for being with us at Bethesda on Memorial Day weekend. Um, I hope that you can take some time over today and tomorrow just to remember what it's really about and all those that gave everything for us to be free and to be able to meet in a place like this today and speak about Jesus. So uh, my name is Pastor Josh. I have the privilege of being the executive pastor here at Bethesda. And uh, I was with you for week one of Vertical. And uh, we talked about mending fences. We talked about that we have to take care of what's right in front of us in order for us to go vertical. And so I just want to thank Pastor Chad and Pastor Karen for the opportunity to be with you again today as we close out Vertical. Um, It's been one of my favorite series so far just because we get to talk about how that we can be better. I'm a very practical person. I told you last time I was with you that I'm just very white and black. And so I just enjoy something very practical that we can do A, B, and C to move forward. Um, So I'm excited to be with you today. Um, We had a men's conference last weekend that Pastor Chad spoke at at iHeart Church in Beckley. And uh, God did some amazing things there, but something that came out of that conference, if you were able to attend, was that each and every speaker, and then when Pastor Chad came up Saturday night, he just, he brought a word talking about who are you mentoring, and and who are you investing in, and who are you giving your time to, and, and all of these things. And last week, actually, when he preached part three of Vertical, he preached on getting unstuck. He also asked us the question of who are we mentoring. And so... So we preached on mending fences in week one. We preached on aiming high in week two. We, we preached on getting unstuck last week. And today I want to just share a message with you called Cross the Line. Um, God has really been challenging me since that men's conference that the vertical life is not just about me. So many times in church and as believers, we want to get us right, and that, that's fine. But we're not meant to live this life alone. We're meant to bring other people with us. And so today we're going to kind of flip the script a little bit and we're going to talk about crossing the line for yourself and crossing the, helping others to cross the line as well. So today I just want to share um, a question that wrecked me coming out of that men's conference. Um, I was just in my quiet time and, and God just spoke to me and he said, who are you in line for? And I said, God, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't I don't know what you're trying to show me because it just, it doesn't make sense. And so I'm sure most of you are the same way right now. I promise that as we begin to just kind of dive into this, at the end it will all make sense. But I just want to give you this question right now so that it can be in your mind. And so that as we go through today, um, you can just have some time to think about it. And then when we come back at the end, I'm going to ask you to do something with it. So who are you in line for? Today's key scripture is Matthew 20, 26. And it says, but don't act like them. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. And some of us are being great at, are great at being a servant to some others. 
but the servant of all others is what it takes in order, in order for us to go vertical. So today as we get ready to jump in, I just want to give you an example. How many people, I told you, I have no patience. Uh, it's just something that I, I work on, and uh, we talked about it in week one. How many people, when you have like an, a, doctor, a doctor's appointment, say at 8 o'clock in the morning, and you go to the doctor's office, and you're there 15 minutes early, and so you're like, this is awesome, I'm going to be the first one in, first one out, and you sit, and a half an hour goes by, and an hour goes by, and an hour and a half goes by. Two hours later, you haven't been, even been called back for your appointment, and you're like, bless God, I was here, I had an appointment at 8. That is one of my pet peeves. I don't know if you all struggle through that or not, but it is something that frustrates me because I'm like, we should do A, B, and C, and result A, B, and C should happen. That's just how I'm wired. Let me, uh, by a show of hands, how many of you love to go to the DMV? <laughs> Come on, guys. Nobody? Nobody likes going to the DMV? Is it because it takes two hours to get a sticker for the plate of your car? Probably so. So since we've already determined that nobody likes waiting in line, I want to share something with you today. As I was doing research and as God was kind of downloading this message to me, I began to do some research and found out that a lot of theme parks across the world, they realize that when you pay to go in, that you're going to have to wait in line to ride their rides. And sometimes, if you're with your family, these can take a long, long, long time. You could wait an hour to ride one ride. And so I guess they got smart. What they decided to do was, they're like, we're going we're gonna to make our customers somewhat happy. We're going to add a second line. I'm like, that's cool. You're going to add a second line. So the first line is for family, and it's the regular line that we've always known. The second line is called the single rider line. So what that means is that if you are willing to ditch your family... To go away from your family on your family vacation because you don't want to wait in line because you're impatient like me, you can go and get in the single rider line and get paired up with the odd numbers of families that come through. So you could be riding this ride 30 minutes before everybody else, but you're riding it with another family, ruining their family photos as they come off the ride that they want you to buy. You're that guy, you just make an awesome faces and you're like, they're going to go buy this photo and I'm going to be in there forever. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so anyway, they did what they call a single rider line. And uh, like I said, if you want to ditch your family, you can get the experience faster, but the experience will be all by yourself. Sometimes we try to skip the line and get the experience for ourselves. And as I began to think about this concept, God began to reveal to me that so many times in church, we want a single rider experience. What does that mean? It means that I want to come in, and I want you to play my favorite songs, and I want you to speak a message that tells me how amazing I am, and I still want to leave during the last song so that I can beat everybody else to the restaurant. It's truth, right? Hashtag truth. But so many times we want what's best for us. And if we are guilty of making church into a drive-through, single-rider experience, we're wrong. We're never going to be able to go vertical if that is our mindset. 
We must live the vertical life. We need to be living a life where we are more concerned about other people than ourselves. I know that's tough. That's why it's so quiet. But as Pastor Chad asked us last week, who are you mentoring? Who are you investing in? See, everything about the way that God wired his kingdom is not about a single rider experience. It's about taking as many people as you can with you on your journey vertical. So the question wasn't, am I in line? That's not what God asked me. He asked me, who are you in line for? I said, God, I, I just don't know. And so as, as I just began to think, it moved from the question of me being in line to God asking me, God asking me, who else am I in line for? And as I began to think about when my wife and I have kids, I have a 15-year-old daughter and twins that are four, and I began to think about how much more difficult it is now for us to go and get in the single rider line because we have people around us that are depending on us. Now I find myself lining up for all kinds of things and all kinds of places, all kinds of events that have no benefit to me. Right? All kinds of lines, everything that have no benefit to me. Now, question by show of hands. How many people have ever stood in line in this room to meet a princess? <laughs> yes. You're with me. You understand. But let me tell you, the white and black part of me is coming out. She is not a real princess, just so you know. The jewels in the crown, they are not real. She does not have a kingdom. I mean, come on. These are what I think about when I'm standing in these lines in 100 degree heat. I'm like, you don't. You don't want to go see her. We've been here three hours. Like, you don't want to do this. <clears throat> but we will, won't we? We will stand in line. <clears throat> Excuse me. We will stand in line hour after hour after hour in 100 degree weather because of the person that is standing beside us holding our hand. Because she has a dream to see this princess. And unless we are willing to stand in line with her, her dream will never be realized. Her dream will never be realized. And hear me. Unless we are willing to get in line, our dreams will never be realized. We all have plans and purposes and callings and, and hopes and dreams and all of those things. But unless we start to go vertical, it makes it really difficult for God to open the heavens over your life. When I think about going vertical and the kingdom of God, I think about all the people that have dreams in their hearts, that have callings on their lives, that have plans and purposes that God has destined them to do. But we as Christians most of the time do not have time to go and stand in line with them or for them. So many times we want the single rider experience because it's so much easier than waiting in line for somebody else. Many times in Scripture, you see that many different people were brought to Jesus. The hurting, the broken, the blind, the lame. Many people with many different issues. In other words, I believe that in that time, 
that if we heard that Jesus was coming by, I think it was a different mindset. I think that the people in the town knew of the girl two doors down that needed a healing from Jesus, and so they did whatever they had to do to get her from that house to where he was going to be. I mean, think about it. If you remember the story where the, this guy's friends cut a hole in the roof to lower him through into a room where Jesus was, that they were determined to do whatever it takes to get him in the presence of Jesus. I wonder if the Bible was written today in modern times, if there would be nearly as many people brought to Jesus. Why do you say that? I say that because generally we're so consumed with us that we don't care about other people. We have to get back to shifting our mindset that it's not about me and my three, it's about everybody else that doesn't know him yet. It's a question that we all must answer. Who are we in line for today? And it sounds easy for me to come up and speak this to you, but it's not. Because this is what God has wrecked me with the past couple weeks is, who are you in line for? Who are you investing in? And as I begin to dig deeper into this, some things came to the surface that I didn't like. Well, maybe I'm not investing my time wisely here. Maybe that's more about me and less about them when it needs to be more about them and less about me. But I can't come up and I can't deliver this message to you today if I'm not investing in people, if I'm not mentoring people, if I'm not waiting in line with people, if I'm not praying for other people's breakthrough, then I can't give it to you because it has to go and be spoken to me first. See, God called us to go vertical, and this is one of the steps it takes to get there. I began to think about the story of Esther. Anybody remember that story? Where that she not only stood up for herself, but she stood in line for her people. God had given her favor in the situation that she was in, but she knew that the favor wasn't just for her, it was for her people. She had to bring other people with her. So again, who are we in line for? Today, I want to give you three very simple keys. Very simple things that we can apply to our life. But so many times I find myself overlooking the simple messages because sometimes they're the hardest. Sometimes they're the hardest to apply to my daily walk. So today, if you're taking notes, and you should be because note takers get bigger mansions in heaven. <laughs> Point number one, we need to start a new line. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, start a new line. How many of you in here enjoy going to the grocery store? Wow, like three of you. Okay, I guess I'm the minority. I, I actually really enjoy going. And um, so anytime, so anyway, sometimes you shop and you get your weekly stuff and then you go home and you're like, ah, oh, I forgot A, B, and C. Like, okay. I'm going to run back after I pick the kids up from school. I'm going to get A, B, and C, and I'm going to get out so that I can go home and cook dinner and then take the kids to soccer and bring them home and give them a bath and put them to bed, and it turns into this whole thing. So anyway, sometimes I'm that guy. 
I pretend like I'm on the old 1990s TV show Supermarket Sweep, where that you are timed to see how fast from the start of the door that you can get your items and get to the checkout. You all know you watch that show. You're not that holy. Come on now. Anybody watch that show? All right. So anyway, so I get my cart, and there's like three wide of us. I was like, I got to get A, B, and C. So I go into the store, and I'm cruising. It's awesome. I know I'm way faster than the people on both sides of me. So I'm like, I'm getting A, B, and C. I'm going around the store, and I'm coming to check out. Well, that's all great. I think I set like a new world record, like, you know, 47 seconds or whatever it took me to get the three things I needed. And then I pull up to the registers. This is not where the story turns well. We roll up to the registers and I'm ready to check out. I just want to get the couple of things that I need and get out of the store so that I can go home and move on with the rest of my day. But when I pull up, there's like, I kid you not, like 1,700 people waiting for two registers. Have you all ever been there? Okay. And you're like, do they not see that there's 1,700 of us waiting and there's nine registers that don't have anybody at them? So what is the first thing that we do? Come on now. You look for somebody that works at said store, right? And you're like, <laughs> we're like an air traffic controller. We're like waving our wand. Come here, register three. Come here, register seven. We need to get out of here. And then if you don't see anybody, sometimes that's a very desperate place, isn't it? You don't see anybody. You just look around and you're like, man, I'm going to be here all day. So if you're very holy, you can fast and pray and do those things. And God... Send me somebody to register seven because I know you have a plan and a purpose for my life to get in and out of here. And you have given me Jabez appointments of people that I need to talk to on the way. But how cool is it when somebody actually comes and opens a new line for you and they say, I'll take you right here. And I always think they're doing it just for me, but that's not true because there's like 1,699 other people that need to go out that lane. But starting a new line is kind of like that. Sometimes we have to think about other people as if we are the person coming up to help somebody else move further on. Sometimes we have to start a new line. We must be willing to open another line to help serve more people in order for us to go vertical. In Matthew 15, through 27, it says, A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me, for my daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. But this is what I find funny. In verse 23, it says, Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He finally answers, and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And this is where I had to stop because I was like, I know Jesus has a plan and a purpose for everything that he does. But in my mind, he just really offended this lady. Like she came to him for help and he's like, I can't help you. I was sent for them. I wasn't sent over here. And I was like, I got to really thinking. God just kind of downloaded into me after I read verse 26 it jumped out that Jesus offended this lady. But I want you to look at what she did. 
She didn't get offended. She knew that if she was going to start a new line for her daughter, she didn't have time to take offense. I want you to hear that. See, this offense was at a whole nother level. This is from Jesus, the person that we pray to to take our offenses away. He's the one that offended her. So if we've ever been offended, we need to get over ourselves. We need to make a choice. Because she had to make a choice to not take offense at what Jesus just told her. See, I believe that the lady had to be thinking to herself, if I can't push past this offense, my daughter cannot have her healing. That's for somebody in the house today. If I can't push past this offense, my daughter cannot have her healing. And so in verse 27, I love what it says. It says, yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus, stunned at this point, said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that very moment. See, what happened was that she was persistent. And because she kept being persistent and she kept asking, Jesus opened a new line for her. Some of us today, we need to keep pushing we need to keep asking. We need to keep moving forward until something happens. Sometimes we give up so easily. Why do we give up one or two or three times in when the next prayer is the one that could be the breakthrough? We get tired of waiting in line. Which brings us to point number two. Stay in line. Have you ever been really excited about getting in line for something? So like I told you last time, I'm a food person. I love food. It's just one of my favorite things in life. And so like I don't mind like when you go to the fair and like to stand in line for like Ben Allen donuts. I will stand there all day, 120 degree weather, the rain, whatever it takes, because I know that when I get to the front of the line, that there's going to be somebody there to take my order, and to hand me a bag of the food from the heavens, of these angel cinnamon sugar donuts. But sometimes, we wish that was every time, but sometimes after a long day and you've had the kids here, here, and here, and here, and you're in line with your family instead of just in line by yourself content waiting, that like your kids are good for like five minutes, and then they're, this one's fighting this one, and this one wants to go there, and this one just screaming for no reason, and it turns into this big deal. How many times in that moment of inconvenience do we get out of line? Because we're like, listen, it's not worth it. We start weighing the options. Is it worth me being inconvenienced and my kids and family acting a fool for these donuts or this cinnamon roll or whatever it is? And so many times we get out of line. But I promise you that if you get out of line, you will lose every bit of progress that you ever made. I encourage you to stay in line today. Because God has something amazing for you at the front of the line. Don't give up just because it's an inconvenience halfway through. What you must know is that the enemy wants you to step out of line before your breakthrough. 
He wants you to get out of line before you're healing. And he wants you to get out of line before you go vertical. Because he knows that if you get vertical, then everything in your atmosphere will change. See, it's God's desire for us to stay in line and receive what he has for us. Now, there's something that drives me crazy. I told you, I have very little patience. Line jumpers. I'm not that guy. Line jumpers, they drive me crazy because I am a A, B, and C, and if you do A, B, and C for year after year after year, that you're the one that gets promoted when there's a spot, right? Line jumpers are the people that refuse to submit to the process. They refuse to wait their turn, and these people think that the world revolves around them. But don't let line jumpers distract you from what God has for you. Now, I don't know if you all have noticed, but there's been construction on our interstate heading towards Lewisburg for like the last 27 weeks, it feels like. <laughs> and so I was driving the other day, and there's a line, uh, there's, a, there's a sign that says the lanes are going to merge. And it says like a mile, three quarters of a mile, half a mile, quarter mile. I'm like, okay. Now, I'm that guy. You must know I'm a rule follower. I do exactly what I'm told to do. So when the little flashing lights say 55, I'm the guy that slams on the brakes from 70. And I'm at 55 when I pass the sign. Okay, some of you are not that person. We'll pray for you later. You can come down. But anyway, the other day I was driving, and so I would got there, and it said like a quarter mile, and so I would slowed down to my 55, and out of this right lane, because we were merging left, comes this like red sports car, and I'm like, this is not going to end well. And they must be doing like 97, okay, because they were nowhere in my mirror, and then like when I had like six car lengths to get over left, they are right there beside me like smile and waving. I'm like, bless God. <laughs> this takes everything inside of me to stay saved and be Jesus-loving and love them because this is not what I want to do fleshly. I want to yell at them and tell them that they need to wait their turn and follow their protocol like everybody else. But that's what line jumpers do. They swerve in at the last minute, not thinking about the journey that you'd been on. If a line jumper shows up in your life, and they will, we must be mature enough not to get out of line because we are either mad or upset that they got something before we did. Even when we are the ones that have been doing the right thing all along. See, it's like most jobs. The people that have been there the longest should know how to do the job the best, correct? But so many times in our jobs, they will bring new guys or girls in and all of a sudden they're so-and-so's best friend and they have the ear and the favor of the bosses and all of these things. And what do we do? We get upset. We get frustrated. Well, bless God, I've been here seven years. Why don't they ever take me to lunch? It's truth. But it's not like that spiritually. Spiritually, the newest person in needs the most mentoring. So you, as somebody that have been here a little longer, need to let your grace cup overflow and help mentor the people that came in yesterday or today or tomorrow 
because they need somebody to look outside of themselves and help bring them along the way. You have two choices when you're at this point. You can either be bitter about the situation or you can be better. And what I mean is that by being better, that you take them under your wing and you mentor them and you invest in them and they start off with every bit of knowledge that you have acquired over the past 10 years so that they can go further. I don't understand why it's so hard for us to see other people be successful. It's so difficult in our culture to see other people be successful. But to go vertical, we must invest in others and give them a better starting point than we were ever given. And there's a story in the Bible that tells of a man named Jairus. He had someone to get in line for. His daughter was sick. She was dying. And so he said, I, I don't know. So he left his daughter on her deathbed and said, I've got to go to Jesus. I've got to get in line for her. And we see this story in Luke 8, 40 through 54. It's a lot of scripture. Bear with me. I'm going somewhere. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Now, I believe that they had been in line waiting to see Jesus a long time. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. Now, his only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out of me. When the woman realized that, they could, that she could no longer stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Now go in peace. In 49, it says, while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. And it says, and he told him, your daughter is now dead. There's no use in troubling the teacher anymore. See, Jairus had been waiting in line all day. So often we hear this story preached from the, the side of the lady that touched Jesus, but I want to preach it from the other side. Jairus had been waiting in line all day. I imagine the crowds were extra big if you had Peter saying, Master, the whole crowd is pressing against you. And so he had fought the crowds, left his daughter on her deathbed, and when he finally got to the front of the line to start explaining what was going on in his life, what he needed for his daughter, Jesus turned his back because somebody touched him. Now, if I were Jairus, I'd have been upset because I've waited and I've done exactly what I needed to do to get your attention. And then right as I'm about to have my moment of me telling you what I need, somebody touches you and you turn around to see what it was. But he always followed the protocol. Jairus was a local leader of a church. In his mind, I'm sure that he said, I've done everything the right way. I've done everything that you've asked me to do. 
Why in the world when it's my turn, nobody else gets interrupted? Why do I get interrupted? Why don't I get what I need when these other 3,000 are getting what they need? But he got interrupted. And he felt that someone else got their healing in a moment that he thought was his. Now I want you to hear me. So many times in life, we get mad and frustrated and bitter because somebody else got something that we thought was ours in our moment. And so many times, people never spiritually recover. But I want you to look at what happened in verse 50. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith and she will be healed. And when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the little girl's father and mother. See, it says that the house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, the word says that her life returned. Now, I don't know what you came in with today, but I do know that there are some of us in this room that need our life returned today, not only physically, but spiritually. Some of us need God to intervene and say it's back. Some of us have to turn vertical so that we give him the opportunity to touch our life. Get our life returned. 55 says, and at that moment, her life returned, and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat, and her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. You see, Jairus was in line for his daughter, and he, was, he had determined that he was going to do whatever it took to get to Jesus so that Jesus could intervene on her behalf. And even when he got interrupted by what he thought was a line jumper, he still kept pressing forward. So we need to start a line. Number two, we need to stay in line. But I want you to see something else in this story. I want to flip back to the story of the lady now from the other side. Jesus also knew that the woman was desperate who touched him, that she had run out of options, she had no one standing in line for her. Now, I want you to think real quick about all the people that you know in your life that don't have anyone standing in line for them. Why are we not those people? It's pretty simple. Why are we not those people? Why are we not standing in the gap for somebody else, bringing somebody else with us? Because so many times we are so preoccupied with us that we don't have time for anybody else. But it's God's desire for us to go vertical. And in order for us to go vertical, we have to cross the line. And then we have to help others cross the line because that's what we were called to do. There was a story of a, of a couple brothers running a marathon overseas. And the one brother was ranked, I don't know, in, you know, in the top 25 in the world. And the other brother was like three, 300th or so. And so the first brother, after an endurance race, crossed the line. And his brother, who was ranked in the 300s, was about a quarter mile from the line. 
And so if you go back and you dig into the story, it says that the first brother went back onto the running course and literally carried his brother the last quarter mile to get him through the finish. So what did he do? He helped him cross the line. Yes, it was an inconvenience for him to go back. Sometimes it will be an inconvenience for you to invest in people. Sometimes it'll be an inconvenience for you to mentor people. But it's what we were called to do. But I want you to see something. But God was faithful to Jairus, even though he could have been upset that the woman had jumped line. Jesus still met his need. Just not in the manner or the time frame that Jairus thought it was going to be. See, so many people under the sound of my voice today are stuck in things because God met what you wanted, but it was seven weeks after when you wanted it. And you're still harboring bitterness and frustration. Well, they got it before I did, but yeah, God still gave it to you. God knows that there's a rhyme and a reason for everything that he does. We must understand that God was not giving Jairus' miracle to someone else. Jesus was good to give miracles to both. And I think that's what we forget so often, is that God has enough for all of us to go around. So as the band returns and we get ready to close today, I want to remind you to start a line. I want you to stay in line. And number three, I want you to cross the line. If we look at John 5, 1 through 8, and then jumping to 14 in Scripture, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And this is where I kind of got challenged. Do you want to be made well? It's something that we have to decide. I can remember a time 20-some years ago where that I walked into a youth service. And before I got out of my pickup in the parking lot to walk in, I remember telling God, I dare you to move me today. That's how brash and bold I was. I dare you to move me. Because I've determined that I don't care what song they sing or what message they do. I dare you to move me. And I can also remember the end of that night where that God rocked my world and spoke so many things over me, things that I'm doing today. But he was faithful to intervene on my behalf. But it says, do you want to be made well? We all have to answer that question for ourselves. You see, sometimes we get stuck in whatever we're doing and we can come put on the mask and we can do all these things. But the, at the end of the day, we really don't want to change what we're doing because we enjoy it. 
And so in order to go vertical, you have to let that stuff go. We've got to go vertical in everything. But in verse 7, it says, The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am on the way, another always steps down in front of me. There are some people in this room today that always feel like somebody steps in front of you for something that you thought was yours. For I have no one to put me into the pool. Why were some of these people that knew that he had been there for 38 years with an issue, why in that time did nobody come to him and say, let me help you? Let me get you to where you need to be. Because it's my desire not just for me to be well, but for you to be well. So he said, do you want to be made well? But the man had no one to help him. No one that would stand in line for him. No one to help him realize his dream of being well. So my question is, who are you willing to help cross the line today? Some of us need to cross the line for ourselves, and some of us need to help others cross the line. But Jesus said to him, rise up, take your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And if you jump down to verse 14, it says, afterwards Jesus found them in the temple and said to him, see you have been made well, now sin no more, lest a worse thing happen to you. What is he saying there? He was telling the man that he needed to keep moving forward, that he had been made well. And that he had a plan and a purpose and a calling for him. But if he kept going back and laying on the mat, even though he was well, he was never going to walk in what God had for him. That he needed to let the past be the past because you can't change it, but you can change today. So he told him, don't look back, keep moving forward. But so many times that happens, you know, we get into a cycle and into a routine and into a rut. And some of us will come down and get prayed for every week, and there's nothing wrong with that, for 10 years for the same thing. That's when it becomes a problem. We have to be mature enough to get over the obstacle so that we can go on to the next level and the next level and the next level. That is how you begin to go vertical. It's time for us to cross the line. It's time for us to go vertical and walk out what God has for us. But we must do our part. We must make the decision to help others cross the line. To keep moving forward, to keep going towards what God has for us. And to bring others with us. And as we all stand, if you'd stand with me and bow your heads and close your eyes as we close. I want to ask you a couple questions, then we're going to pray. And then we're going to do a final song. A prayer team, if you all want to go ahead and come up. So I don't know where this finds you today. Some of you need to start a line. Some of you need to stay in line to be encouraged that God will give you strength where you are. And some of you need to cross the line for yourselves or some of you need to help others cross the line. But I want to end where I began with a question. Who are you in line for? Who are you starting a line for? Who are you staying in line for? And last but not least, who are you helping cross the line? See, some of us need to leave the single rider experience. Some of us need to go and let our spouse know today that we are still in line for them. Some of us need to leave this building today and go and let our kids know that we are still in line for them. 
Some of us need to find someone to mentor, someone to invest in, or someone to invest in us. Some of us need to start serving so that we can get in line for other people and begin to let God shift the atmosphere from about us to about others. If you were thinking about quitting today when you came in, don't. Stay in line. God has something amazing for you at the front of the line. Don't get out because it's an inconvenience. God has something so much better for you than what you're getting distracted with. So I want to do two things. If you're in the house today or you're watching online and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to bring anybody up front. But I do want you to just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and acknowledge it, okay? So on the count of three, we're going to throw our hands up. One, two, three. Anybody that needs Jesus today. You need a relationship or you once had one and you need to just refresh it back up. You need to just invite him back in that you had walked away for a long time. Anybody at all. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this room full of people. Number two, I want to pray over each and every person that's in part of this process. Whether you're starting a line, whether you need strength to stay in line, whether you need to cross the line. If that's you, I just want you to throw your hand up. I want to pray for you where you are. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. God, I pray right now, God, that each and every person that has their hand raised in this room, God, God, I ask that you would come into their life, God, that you would touch them. God, that rather they're on step one of starting a line, God, or rather they're in step two of staying in line, God, I just ask that you would give them a fire and that, God, that you would give them strength and endurance and peace, God, to stay and endure, God, so that they can reach the things that you have for them. Or, God, rather they need to cross the line or bring somebody with them. God, I pray right now, God, that you would just start to just change the atmosphere around them about what's important to them. God, that they would begin to see the the needs of others, God, over the needs of themselves. And that, God, right now, God, that you would just touch them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we get ready to worship, I just want to thank you for letting me be with you today. And I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.